I'm Ingrid. And I'm Lauren. And this is Project Rewatch. The first show on our list is Downton Abbey. Today we're discussing season one, episode two, and we'll give a recap, share some historical tidbits, and commentary on the most dramatic scenes. So how are you doing today, Lauren? I'm doing good. I'm just, I'm tired. Yesterday was 4th of July, so I'm not sure yeah. when, when we're recording listening. this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's July 5th. <laughs> And yesterday was really exciting. So I'm just kind of tired. We had so many fireworks and it was my son's first 4th of July. So So he is so good. Yeah, we got little baby earmuff things and he did so good. He loved the fireworks and he was really awesome throughout all that. How are you? I'm tired as well, but good. Excited to record this. But yeah, my 4th of July was really fun. Um, I got to spend it with some awesome friends and it was just good. It was nice to have some normalcy after this COVID year to actually sort of celebrate a holiday, which was nice. Yeah. A little more normal, I guess. My next door neighbor is the one who had all the fireworks and like insane amount and professional grade. It was incredible, but like he had a whole bunch of his family over and then like everyone on our street was outside and um we had stuff for root beer floats and there were some cupcakes and little truffles and stuff and um it was just cool to see like everyone come out and someone mentioned like isn't it great that we can be out here and celebrate and not be wearing masks and feel comfortable with each other after the hell we've all been through with covid and quarantining and social isolation um and it was really it was such a good time I'm so glad it was like and then all the fireworks I was like this makes up for no fireworks last year yeah it was <laughs> yeah it was wonderful to you know Texas go big or go home so they lit up the sky <laughs> it's always mm-hmm. bigger in Texas you know so um yeah it was it was fun I'm I'm glad yeah, I'm excited though. This is a good episode that we're getting into. There's again a lot goes on every episode. So we have a lot yeah. to discuss and I have some more historical tidbits for us to yeah. dive into some deep dives there. And yeah, so why don't we get started with a little recap? Yeah. 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 All right, perfect. So we found this pretty much right on Google. It's kind of when you Google Downton Abbey. Here is our little recap. It's not as long as the first time we did it. So we'll probably kind of continue this. And I think our episode structure is changing too. Just a a note for the audience. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we're kind of going to, I can't think of the word. We're going to go in the order of the events that happen in the episode. Mm -hmm. So, and discuss them as they happen and our quotes and our historical details are going to coincide with what's going on at that time in the episode. Okay, so here's our the recap from Google. Season 1, episode 2. Matthew Crawley and his mother Isabel arrive at Downton, and Isabel and Dowager Countess Violet find their views clashing from the onset. Matthew was has diffi- Matthew has difficulty settling into this new life and the staff do little to ease his discomfort. Meanwhile, Carson is mortified when confronted by his past, but finds an ally and someone unexpected. Elsewhere, Violet attempts to promote a match between Matthew and Mary. I still right. don't like Mary. <laughs> you still don't like Mary? I still don't like her. I'm just just saying it. It's a little rough in this episode too, I think. But Matthew is not so great either. He's my hero. I took my notes and literally the first thing I wrote is Matthew Crowley is my hero. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think this episode paints him pretty negatively. I, I Maybe by the end it gets a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, we begin the episode. Isabella and Matthew arrive at their new home and he's just, he's already making comments there. Well, okay. So foreshadowing, you'll probably figure out who my favorite character is. But he just, I don't know. He was so relatable in like maybe he was kind of an ass in like 1910s but like in the 2020s perspective he was really relatable because he was like oh I don't know why we need a butler like I'm just fine with a maid and a cook which still sounds really great in 2020 times yeah but that was like super relatable I get it yeah I get you know he doesn't he goes I won't let them change me but it's rough watching how he talks to Mosley and kind of even from the beginning and you know kind of rejecting everything that's going on but I get why he's rejecting it you know he wants to stay who he is how he does things but it's really funny though because you know even in the beginning and he's making this comment and he he has like such a judgment of how the family is going to be they're going to act and he's like oh they're going to marry try and throw one of their three daughters at me once they heard I was a bachelor and then arrives Mary and her, you know, Which and the whole marrying cousins thing is still weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to be weird. Yeah. But, but yeah, because he's like, he's coming in and he's, I feel like he's like the perfect or he just brings that perfect juxtaposition of, you know, in the first episode, we see how Downton is run and it's so old school, I guess you can say. And then you have Matthew and Isabel coming in and they're this completely new age progressive way of thinking and how that contrasts with how Downton's been run. Because like Isabel works, Matthew works. Yeah. And and it's so funny, a nurse and a, a lawyer, how dare they? What despicable jobs. <laughs> be so successful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and have these honorable jobs. Yeah. Um, going back though, what I was saying um, with Matthew and his initial comments on the family and Mary walks in and kind of hears that mm. commentary. Uh, and I know you don't like her, but th- those were kind of like, <laughs> that was interesting. I-, I thought it was so funny. He kind of catches himself and he's like, oh, maybe she's not quite that way because she's already... Like, no, I'm not going to stay here. I don't want to be an inconvenience to you as you're literally calling me, you know, an inconvenience. And as she leaves and he's like, oh yeah, I'm just joking. And she's like, I agree. It is a joke. Like, you know, that I wonder if some of that hesitation that we see when she catches him saying that stuff, because again, so we're going to go through predictions. I'm just like screwing up everything, the whole order of what our structure is. But I wonder if that, leads to one of my predictions because maybe he's caught off guard by like her because she is beautiful oh yeah Mm. yeah she's beautiful Mm. and and not I guess edithing it you know like not oh my god I can't wait to spend time with you like she is reserved like I you know like one thing I do like about her and independent and I don't know she's isn't as I guess he thought that she was going to be all over him and, you know, kind of, you know, vying for his attention and she's not immediately. And, you know, that kind of shifts things for him. It's like, oh, which obviously you see that, like, even throughout the episode, he has a little more interest in her, I guess, or um, I, I guess a different opinion going into the home too. I think she sets a different standard of like how it's going to be to go to Downton and meet everyone else now <laughs> that he met this yeah. sort of blunt person. 
yes, all right, what happens next? So they come in soon after Mary arrives, interrupting Isabel. Oh, we talked about that. Oh, but I did like how, like, how she addressed catching them because she just has this dripping, sarcastic <laughs> remark of, and I agree, the whole thing is a complete joke, meaning that having all the staff and all the frills of that lifestyle is a joke, but that's her life. But I wonder, mm, maybe. No, I think that comment is more like it's a complete joke that they she's should, jo- that they well, could get married. She's like, she says that on horseback, right, as she's about to leave. Um, so he comes mm-hmm. out. Yeah, he comes out to get her and he goes, oh, um, I, yeah. oh, I hope you didn't misunderstand me because she already denied going to tea or whatever with them or staying for tea. And she's like, forget it. No. And leaves. And he's like, oh, no, like trying to catch her. Like, I was just joking about the whole um, the daughters are going to be thrown at me for the marriage proposal thing. And that's where she's saying, yeah, it's a complete joke. Like, I don't want to marry you. I have I had no intentions of it to begin with for you to oh, judge me like I that. Took it. I took it as her like commenting on his take of their their situation more. But it was very sarcastic. It was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. It was very sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So then uh, the next after Mary leaves, they goes to the kitchen and then Mm -hmm. there's like commentary there on the Matthew and Isabel coming in. And then the next scene goes back up to Mary's room and she's speaking with her mother and she says like, Oh, why are they even here? Why, why are they going to stay, I guess, in town close to the estate if you guys are going to fix everything anyways, and try and, you know, put the title, put everything back in my name. Why do we have to Mm -hmm. be so close with them? And she's and the mom's like, well, of course, like, me and Violet are going to and she's like wait my dad's not gonna try and fix this thing and and she's like okay well we're gonna try and get him on board but probably not and that's definitely a main theme through this whole episode of can they can they even overcome that to try and separate things I think Cora's fortune and the title um, Mm -hmm. to go to Mary and which is pretty sad. You know, they, yeah. they, they mentioned it a couple of times, like no lawyer is really going to take it on. They, they don't really want to fight it. Um, and that kind of transitions, you know, to it's still bullshit, but it has to go to a man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or ask Mary what she thinks of them. Oh yeah. And then after they kind of discuss that they are trying to fix things, she asks Mary uh, what she thinks of them since Mary's the first one to meet them. And, you know, she thinks that Matthew's just full of himself. So we kind of learn, I guess, what she's thinking, which is like that commentary earlier, like, oh, this is such a joke that I would even, you know, think to marry you. And then it, then the next scene goes down to the reception for Matthew and Isabel in the great hall for dinner. Cause you know, the whole point of Mary going to meet them was to ask them for dinner. And that was super awkward all the looks and his comment. And then I like, so feel for, it was such good acting, I think Mm -hmm. for Isabel and for Matthew, you know, that the actors um, for those characters too, it's a lot going on in those scenes. And Matthew makes that sort of awkward comment, like what a reception. And like Isabel kind of, his mother kind of covers for him, but he's, I mean, and Mary looks like, okay, he doesn't know what he's doing here. And I think Matthew's kind of looking to Carson, like it's, I'm mean, it's going to sh- look at me or shake his hand or, oh, we're not doing that. Like every, they're, they're just looking straight. It's like no one, or at least Matthew yeah. didn't really know what to do in that situation. Well, there was just so much interesting talk that happened. I mean, we have Violet, you know, they start talking about 
money matters and things like that. And she's, she is savage. She's like, oh yeah, let's talk about money because it's so taboo in that time. And still like, even in a European culture, you don't talk about money. You don't talk about your job. You like really just talk about social stuff if you're out and at a social gathering. Yeah. Um, Isabel was so, very direct. Yeah. When she was asking, she's like, oh, yeah. who pays for the hospital? Because Cora mm-hmm. was suggesting, oh, maybe you'll like, you know, going to the hospital, potentially working there since she was a nurse. And, you know, yeah, as you were saying, um, Violet, she makes a comment like, oh, great. We're going to like money at dinner. Wonderful. That's exactly right. what I want to be talking about. <laughs> well, and I think the biggest part in there was when Matthew says that he's going to consider to so a couple of things. So he says <laughs> that he's going to continue to work because Robert's like, well, I mean to bring you in and how to run the estate. And he's yeah. like, oh yeah, I can do that on the I weekend can do both. because I intend yeah. to work. And at that point I was like, oh my God, they like running Downton is considered a full-time job. Yeah. Like, could you imagine nowadays? If, well, I guess it's like being a stay-at-home mom or dad but to run with staff and everything. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can't have this like outside identity if you want to. Um, But my favorite part of that whole conversation is um, Violet Violet saying, what's a weekend? (laughs) Yeah. What's a weekend? Yeah. That's hilarious. For the weekend. And she has no idea what it is because she doesn't work like that. Yeah. There isn't a nine to five you know, Monday through Friday. And then you have the weekend. It's like life just continues through the whole week, um, I guess of whatever they're doing. So there is a, um, I did note here because I was kind of confused. He spoke really fast and I wasn't really sure where he's working or, and I want to give a little more context for that. So I found um, Downton Abbey fandom. It's a page, I guess there's a lot of information kind of cataloged there for the show. Mm -hmm. Cool. I have a little quote. So he says he's working in Ripon. So Ripon is a small market town in Cathedral City in Borough of Harrogate, North North Yorkshire, England. It is the closest city to Downton Abbey in the outskirts of Downton. In the years shortly before the Great War, Matthew Crawley went to work in a partnership in Ripon, Harvel and Carter, dealing with wills and conveyancing. Um, so Harvel and Carter. So it kind of like went over really quickly, I guess. Um, when he was speaking about it and it was kind of didn't give a whole lot of information besides that because they didn't want to be talking about that <laughs> him you know right. being a lawyer and stuff like that so our next oh, oh yeah go ahead no I was I was going to go on to the next one because we're talking about how Carson reprimands William for the jacket because you see when he bends over there's that little rip and in his shoulder and I was like why why is this such a big deal or like zoom into the big deal yeah zoom into the jacket imagine? and the rip yeah and yeah. then Carson rips him a new one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you will mend it now and never again appear in public in a similar state of undress. <laughs> yeah. So and stern. And um, yeah, because he's like, oh, yeah, I'll mend it, it after dinner. No, no problem. Yeah. I'll mend it after dinner. He's like, absolutely we'll do not. It now. It's like, yeah. it's like when we were teenagers. Like, yeah, I'll clean my room later, mom. <laughs> no, you do it now. <laughs> yeah. But it ha- just intense. him saying that, how he's presented and that that rip in some sense or fashion, fashion, but it it reflects the pride and dignity that not just the estate holds in a social aspect, but also the staff has to uphold that same pride and dignity on how they present themselves. 
it's just oh my and Carson himself he's like this is a reflection onto me how you look so you need to be fully in uniform complete clean dressed everything good to go yeah because I think in the last episode I talked about it was just really shocking to see that there's almost kind of not a fight but just like there's so much sense of ownership over Downton from the staff side from the family side and like this is showing just even more like to another level that seriousness of like this is our place this is how we're represented and not just the family that lives here I mean if they go into town and go do shopping and stuff I wonder you know are they dressing to the nines or making sure that they have no rips in their shoulders just to go get apples or something yeah it's an intense insane yeah and I go to the store in my yoga pants right yeah (laughs) I know (laughs) times have changed um yeah so then after that shifts to scene where William delivers um, a note to Carson and then Carson sort of seems alarmed by reading the note and goes to the pub the duck or it goes he goes to the pub the dog and the duck which is hilarious name. I love it. I like that. <laughs> it's adorable. Yeah. And then at the same time, Bates is also walking in town and sees Carson going into the pub. So that's, you know, foreshadowing in the episode. What's going on? Why is Carson being a little weird here? Why is he alarmed by this note and then going to a pub? You wouldn't like mm-hmm. expect that in his average daily life to go to the pub. No. So, and then Bates seeing that as well. And then we have another scene shift um, and Isabel is getting a tour of the hospital. And it's really interesting because she says this twice, I believe uh, during dinner or right after dinner and then right at um, going into the hospital, she says that she studied nursing in the South African war. So she was studying nursing in the Boer war. So Um, yeah. yeah, she was kind of that same time period where Robert was, you know, serving in the war and Bates, she was a nurse mm-hmm. or at least studying to be a nurse, which is so interesting. So the same war, same time frame. So yeah. that was, that was interesting to I kind of put together. I wonder if that was the same. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe it was because it's the South African war and <clears throat> that's the same right. as the Boer war. Yeah. yeah it was um, interesting seeing her in the hospital too, because I still have Isabel. this like, yeah, this, per- yeah, Isabel, this perception of like women just not being like seen as true members of society that can even um, working impact it and attribute to it yeah and she's she's this nurse and she goes in and she knows her stuff (laughs) yeah she also makes a comment too where you know she's mentioning like she was a nurse like I was saying earlier during the war and Dr. Uh, Clarkson he knows the work of her husband and the symptoms of infection Mm -hmm. in children so even Dr. Clarkson knows her husband or her 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 husband's work you know which is interesting too, that there is that crossover. So, and that she worked, you know, kind of close by him as well. So that's interesting. I'm sure they, she learned, they learned a lot from each other to, to be able to share that work, which you also don't see um, husbands and wives, especially during that time period, sort of sharing the same career field and passion and stuff like that. Yeah. And well, and we do see them work together because (laughs) so one of my notes that I had was um, we see a patient and he has dropsy and I was like what the fuck is dropsy yeah um so if you uh don't know so medicinenet.com is what popped up when I looked up this term so it's an old term for the swelling of soft tissues due to the accumulation of excess water and so basically what we would know now as edema 
and mm. it's from congestive heart failure. So when they're talking about, they're asking, oh, is it, I forget what the other organ is, or is it a heart liver, thing? I and think, the doctor or kidney, says it's one a of heart. Those. Yeah. yeah, one of them. And so he says, no, it's a heart thing. And she brings up this basically new technology for the time of new procedure. Um, removing, yeah, removing the, uh, the, the, oh my God, the water, the, the flowing, yeah. the accumulation of fluid. Yes. Thank you. Um, from the heart and then putting adrenaline in, which is, I think a procedure that's done now. And, oh my gosh, we'll talk more about how that ends, but just interesting to see that I couldn't quite pick up if it was, if the doctor like responded to it because it was a woman that was suggesting it or if because it was so new and he did make some sort of, you know, uh, comment that it might be like a money issue that they, you know, okay, if we do this one procedure, then people are Everyone's going to want stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in my mind, I'm like, why, why wouldn't you want to have the best types of procedures and medicine available for your community? But then you always forget that, you know, hospitals are businesses and they have, uh, they need the funding for these different a budget and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. that was an interesting back and forth to see like how it was presented, how it was received and, We'll see how it ends up as we yeah, keep going through really the timeline. Will. Yeah, and it's it's. I loved her. She's like, you know, how Isabel's like, how can I help? Because um, he's a farmer. Uh, I think his name John Drake, and it's gonna kill him mm-hmm. if if he doesn't get this procedure. Something that was fatal, no matter what. And she's bringing up mm-hmm. a procedure that can save him. And it's yeah, it's 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 crazy that I guess Doctor Clarkson isn't studying new procedures or looking to find different things out because. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad that. Well, I mean, Isabel I think there in. was so there was so much new stuff probably coming out in medicine at that time. Yeah, that's true. Um, you and know, how much of it was tested? Vaccinated. Yeah. Right. I we should. I'll probably look up and see like if this was a time because I don't like the polio vaccine didn't exist back then. I'm sure mm-hmm. a lot of the ones that we get now didn't exist. I'll look that up. That would be interesting. Yeah. But yeah, it's just that back and forth was pretty powerful because you see again, like this battle between this new progressive way of thinking and wanting to provide the best that's out there. And this, no, we're stuck in our ways. We're complacent. This is what's worked for so long. So, you know, and I'm sure I fix what's not broken. Yeah. And I'm sure it was frustrating for Isabel as well, because working with her husband, I'm sure they would did more of those progressive things as mm-hmm. you know his research went on so it's like ah I don't have the same authority I I used to um to push these different pro- life-saving procedures which yeah. is that's what it yet. was <laughs> yet yet yeah exactly okay so shifting away from that there's a small scene where Bates and Mosley are talking and that's I guess we get to see that's what Bates was doing walking through he was going to meet Mosley and discuss how the job's going and Mosley's like oh, I don't really do much he doesn't really need my help he's not letting me help and and then yeah, that's just a, watching a grown man get dressed yeah yeah he's like all I do I think he says like all I do is take out the laundry you know to be washed and that's pretty much it which is mm-hmm. is sad because it you know he wants to help more and really fill the position yeah and then so that's a really quick scene then we move to Lord Grantham and Violet walking through Downton grounds and talking and definitely one of my favorite quotes of the episode, a couple of them here that the discussion between Robert and Violet, where um, he's 
when they're walking, it's, they're already mid conversation. And he goes, I thought you didn't like him. And they're talking about Matthew and Violet responds. Well, so what? I have plenty of friends I don't like. And Robert goes, would you? (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. Well, so what? I have plenty of friends I don't like. And it's like, okay, Uh, cool. Oh my Um, God. Yeah. Only uh, Violet. Well, I think that that's so Violet because she says in the first episode to Cora, when Cora's like, oh, does this mean we're friends now? And she goes, no, we're allies, which is better. Yeah, which is better. Yeah, because... So Violet doesn't have friends. She just has allies. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then um, after that, Robert responds to her and he's like, would you like Mary? Would you like Mary to marry one, one of them? Then he goes... Oh, then Violet goes after that, um, which is another one of my favorite lines. She goes, why do you always have to pretend to be nicer than the rest of us? And it's just, it's so funny that she thinks that of Robert or whatever she's saying. And then Robert goes, perhaps I am. So just that back and forth is kind of funny between mother and son. And like, it's, it's an interesting dynamic uh, between mother and son. And then also what what their jobs are, you know, him running the estate and, you know, her husband used to run the estate and where she is now, but she still does hold power. And I think we see through that, this episode too, the power shifting and mm-hmm. um, quite a bit. So that, yeah, that was really she's funny. Still, Violet acts like she runs the place, mm-hmm. but what I'm learning, I mean, a reminder, I'm watching this for the first time. I think she has this sense that she runs it and that she has this like matriarchal power, mm-hmm. but it's really Robert. And so it's kind of funny because even in my own life, I know that the conversations that I have with my parents now being in my thirties is very different than how I would converse with them when I was a teenager or even in my twenties. And now I can kind of challenge that a little bit more. And so it's, it's fun to see that happen with Robert and Violet, that there's that uh, mother son you know parent child confrontation mm-hmm. but both of them can really stand their own now because yeah, you know, he he's a grown-ass man <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a it's a funny scene and um mm-hmm. you know and Thomas overhears them too which leads to the next scene where Anna and Gwen are talking before bed and you know they Oh yeah, because Anna hears them talking about that, and I made a note like, "Oh, gossip travels fast." Because well, Anna heard from William, from William, William, or I think it was Thomas. I think Anna heard William. Hold on, I wrote it down. Okay, it was William. Um, It was actually Thomas. I just watched it this morning. (laughs) What? No, it's William. William heard of the matchmaking, and then he told Anna. They say no. They uh, they talk about creating new life, and Thomas heard Robert and Violet talking about Mary. So it was Thomas oh. who was upstairs listening as Robert. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm getting their names mixed up. Yeah. Again. No. 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 There's, that was that was part of when I first tried to watch it the very first time. There's a um, lot of characters. So many people, <laughs> and I couldn't like figure out what they were saying, and now. Full transparency, I watch this show with subtitles. I don't know if I said that last (laughs) time. Um, But, you know, for our listeners, I thought that Matthew's name was Michael originally because I (laughs) swore I heard Michael. Yeah, we went back and forth. I'm like, I've literally watched this four times. 
his name is Michael. And then look it up. Oh, it's Matthew. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay, Anna and so Gwen Thomas. Talking. And it, yeah. And it went super fast because Anna's like, oh, did you hear? I heard mm-hmm. that this is happening. And oh, now yeah, the-, the whole house knows. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. I guess that news does definitely travel fast in Downton and they they make a comment, you know, that, oh, they, they want him, they want Mary to marry Matthew and, you know, Gwen and, and Anna are talking and they're, they're saying that, oh, you know, yeah, but is Mary actually going to do it? And she's like, I think, Gwen says oh but she was going to marry Patrick and then Anna goes well would she actually have done it when it came down to time and I think that shows a little bit more of Mary's independence and Anna being so close to her too I love I like that their relationship Anna and Mary mm-hmm. and kind of Anna with the girls and you'll see more of that as well but that and that's yeah. when Gwen actually makes a comment too like I, I think initially before they start talking about the Mary stuff of, of dating, you know, during that time frame because I think Anna comes mm, in and Gwen yeah, hides something really quickly. Date? Yeah. And she's like, is that from a boyfriend or a lover or whatever? And yeah, I can imagine dating during that yeah. time with, with that type of work. I don't know. Like, Oh, I get Sundays right, for a couple hours just to date. To like, right. Like, do you just, when you're getting, your bread from the baker in town and then you see that guy across the the <laughs> counter yeah and then you never see him again and you wonder who he was because there right. was no there's no kinder back then there's yeah <laughs> I pass out my number there's there's but, like one telephone yeah. in the whole house and I don't even know if it's there yet I don't know if they have right. a phone yet I think it's still they're still communicating by notes oh I didn't even think about that yeah well actually- I know that they have the Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> whatever that thing is to... mm-hmm. yeah. I feel so uncultured what's that called not a phonograph but it's morse code whatever the thing for yeah. morse code is yeah yeah um man yeah. poor Gwen how are we supposed to date yeah you end up just marrying somebody else on the service and then you have little other service babies <laughs> <laughs> yeah We'll see too if you know if you do get married in the service and you do have kids. How do you structure that? Do you have to leave service? Maybe we'll I mean see that. I have my. I feel like right now Bates and Anna are moving towards where they maybe they're going to have little service babies. You said that that now she I'm might thinking. reject him, so we'll see. Which no, I think that something's going to happen. Okay. Like, I think they'll get together for a little while, but I'm not sure that it lasts long. Maybe it'll last long enough to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now we transition again, next scene, uh, next morning, Violet and Cora stop by to see Matthew and Isabel at their house. And she's kind of surprising them there. Um, you know, as Isabel gets Matthew, like we've been, we have some guests here, you know, like she makes this surprise face. Like, I didn't know they were stopping by. This is great. And Violet, it was kind of funny. She makes this comment, um, that, you know, oh, the place is really light. It's so nice. Her and Cora are talking how they're making it, you know, quite homey. And Violet goes, it always seemed rather dark when my mother-in-law lived here. But then again, she always made everything seem rather dark. And I was like, whoa, what a dig to her (laughs) mother-in-law. There's a lot of digs in this show. Yes, lots of digs and looks 
a lot of that goes unsaid that just it's it's funny nonverbal communication between people yeah I think secretly everyone just hates each other <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we also see too in that scene uh, I mean you know Matthew getting the tea for himself and kind of like he gets the snack and instead of letting Mosley serve it to him which I hate mm-hmm. that like I love Mosley that's another character I really like so and he's so kind and nice through the whole thing and it's like it's embarrassing for him you know not to be able to do his job and also those awkward right. moments of like what do I do you know how do I respond to this situation where um, usually I would I have strict protocol and you even see Violet too because mm-hmm. she's not on the softer side but she's even she feels bad and you know she's like oh can you help me with my cup of tea and uh to mostly mm-hmm. so that he has at least something to do in these kind of like awkward moments and right, it's funny right. like you're saying yeah they it's all they all kind of judging each other there like uh it's, it's awkward I guess that this merging mm-hmm. of families or these cousins coming in that I guess they didn't spend so much time with okay and, cousins. yeah cousins and then the next scene we see here, Anna uh, witnesses Carson stealing produce from the pantry. And that's pretty shocking and a little out of character. And you see him fumbling too. Like he mm-hmm. obviously- yeah, he like drops an onion or something. Yeah, by his like, uh, I don't know, position, the way he's doing it, you can see that it's not, he's out of, it's out of character for him. It's not something that, he's not just grabbing produce. Yeah, well, yeah, I took it as he was kind of rushing, like- it wasn't something that because because it was out of character it's like he just tried to do it so quick and that's why he fumbled and Mm -hmm. got caught by Anna um yeah it was a awkward scene and who's the produce yeah who's the produce for and like Anna too like her reaction of you know I'm I'm sure that's awkward because it's kind of her boss you know and um, they all respect each other they spend so much time together so to see him do something like Mm -hmm. that yeah, that was, that was a weird scene. Also telling, you know, you, you start to pick up, okay, so he got a weird note. He went to the pub. Now he's stealing some produce. What's going on here? Um, starting piecing it together. So that was yeah. interesting. And then going into the next scene here, Isabel is back at the hospital looking at the patient for the new treatment that you were mentioning to drain fluid from the pericardial sac and then administer the adrenaline right after uh, Dr. Clarkson doesn't want to do it um, since it's a newer procedure. So they're they're going back and forth. And, and that's, I think, when they make that comment of, oh, anyone's just going to come in and for like scrapes and bruises and demand whatever procedure. And she's like, uh, this will save his life. This is not just some random procedure. And if people do want that, you know, life-saving procedures, then we should try and honor that. If, if the option, it's like, it's death or you try something new, you know, it's, it's not like, oh, we're considering a couple of options here of, of what we could do. Should we do the old way or the new way? There is no old way. He's just going to die, you know? So it's, Mm -hmm. which is so, so sad, Um, especially for the family too. I think, I don't know if it's here or a little bit earlier. She's like, he asked, she, uh, Isabel asked like, what's going to happen here? And she's, well, I mean, he's a farmer, so the wife will try and keep on, but I don't think she'll be able to run the whole farm and they have kids and stuff like that. So it's like Mm -hmm. the literal demise of the family and probably the sons as well. It's like, they can't really continue a life, you know, doing that, which is pretty sad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then after that, the next scene goes into Cora. Cora walks into the kitchen to drop off a button to be sewn back onto her jacket that she saw and reprimands O'Brien because she's she like she goes into it. She snaps and she's like, what am I hearing here? What is going on? And uh, Cora, you know, she sets things straight, you know, even if they do have a friendship. And 
I was uh, surprised O'Brien like had the cojones there to kind of talk back to her and like, Mm -hmm. well, you don't like him either. And it's like, why are you making these comments here? Whatever your private friendship conversation should not be said in front of everyone downstairs. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I I like that though, because I mean, especially Cora with her fortune going now to Matthew Crawley and, you know, the kind of future of her daughter, all these things. She has a lot to maybe not like him. It's not her family too. It's her husband's family, but i like, she sets things straight. She's like, no, absolutely not. We are not going to bash this family, especially if he's going to take over Downton too. We just, I like that, that she kind of shuts down the gossip. It's like, we're not going to do this here. Even whatever private conversations we have. Um, yeah, I, I like that she does that. And yeah, she's kind of O'Brien's hurt by that. She's making comments. Her pride is, you know, hurt. And she's talking to Anna and she's like, you're not friends with the girls either. Like, I'm not friends with her. And she's like, Anna's like, you're not friends with her? Like, I thought you were. And she's like, no, we're just servants. We're being paid to just sit here and do our, we're being paid to take care of them. And that's it. There's no further friendship here, which right. is like, that. I don't, that's not true. Your pride's just hurt. You are friends with her. It's just, you can't bash the family in front of everyone. That's simply yeah. it. I don't know. Right. Cause yeah, they were talking about Isabel and Matthew and that they don't mm-hmm. like them. And that's yeah, it's like, yeah. So it's, it's definitely, again, like that struggle of like the ownership of the estate and how it's represented and, and good for Cora stepping up and saying, no, 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 you, you work for me and we, that's my family or that is my through marriage, family. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we don't talk like that. But then it was interesting because don't, is this the episode where they also talk about like, she came into our space. Yeah. uh, Thomas says that right afterwards. He's like, and if she was a real lady, she wouldn't come down here into our space. And Thomas is like, this is, we have the right, we have the right by, by law and by parliament. And Hughes is like, no, you don't not, not in my house. No, not while I'm working. We're not going to talk like that, which is funny too, which is good. You know, Mrs. Hughes should back her up and I mean, I wouldn't want someone working in my home and then also gossiping about me full time, right? making so many right. comments about me and my family in a public forum. Like, yes, you can have your opinions and, but just in front of so many people all the time like that is, it just, it doesn't set all a good precedent. Yeah, exactly. All about tact. Uh, okay. So then we go into the next scene uh, and mostly it's kind of just standing around awkwardly as Matthew gets dressed. And here's the heavy hitters of the episode, which are rough. And he's he says, I'll never be used to getting dressed like a doll. Matthew's making this comment. And he's trying to explain himself of like why he doesn't, you know, want this service or he doesn't, he's not used to it mm-hmm. at least. But he doubles down on it and it gets worse. And he goes, Surely you have better things to do. And mostly goes, This is my job, sir. And Matthew goes back, mm-hmm. Well, seems a rather silly occupation for a grown man. And that's rough I mean he immediately apologized he apologized a couple times but mostly you know just even through that he still tries to help him after he says Mm -hmm. that really awful comment and leaves he's still like kind of going after to try and help Matthew and man I don't know if I could do that if someone kind of tore down everything I work for feeling him out because like they don't know Isabel they don't know Matthew and so what if they think they're like being set up in some way and he's saying this, but then he's going to say like, well, yeah, Mosley's no help to me, but try, that Matthew would maybe try to skew it in a way of he doesn't help me even though I want it when it's really he's not helping him because he doesn't want it. Hmm. 
like maybe they're being set up or in some way and that's why he's just he stands there he does his job he sticks to it instead of taking offense and going and being like well fine if you don't want me here then I'll leave yeah exactly Um, but I mean he needs a job he can't just say that too especially stepping away from like this prestigious family well just it's really good integrity on his part that he's like this is what I do I'm here yeah I'm here I'm trying to help and I'll help in any way even if you want me to do things differently or less and that's pretty Mm -hmm. sad yeah and then okay the next scene shows here the three crawley sisters are talking in mary's bedroom and then the mother uh cora walks in and sends the other uh daughters off so that she can talk to mary alone and a little bit before that uh actually edith is looking through mary's letters and that's they'll talk about that later but that's how she she learns um she learns some information about who mary's truly interested in and they're kind of talking and you know he's like mary's saying why she doesn't like him she's like he's trying to steal our inheritance and they're like well that's your inheritance it really doesn't have anything to do with us and yeah it's just she's you know belittling him like oh let me tell you i don't think Alfie wants it either yeah i yeah though they there's a little comment later about that where it's like he doesn't really care he's like i'm here to you know i'm a lawyer i was happy with my profession (laughs) And I'm being called here because I mm-hmm. have to be. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Then we get into a little um, kind of important quotes and comments by, you know, once the the two daughters, the other daughter, daughters, Sybil and Edith, Edith are sent off and Cora is, um, she makes some comments uh, talking to each other, but uh, Mary starts and she's like, I can't believe a woman can be forced to give away all her money to a distant cousin of her husband's, not in the 20, 20th century. It's too ludicrous for words. And Cora snaps at Mary. And I don't know if you remember that, like, it's intense. She's like, will you, will you like listen to me for once? And she screams at her and I'm like, I've never seen Cora get so upset. It's kind of jarring. It's, you know, you're being punished by your mom type of thing. Those like intense moments. It's, oh my goodness. Yeah. But she calmed down right after. It was like a weird like yelling and then she's comic and explaining. And she goes, um, I believe there is an answer which would secure your future and give you a position. And like Mary's like, you can't be serious. You know, like I'm I'm not going to marry Matthew. Like, you know, and she's like, okay, you know, I can't marry a man who doesn't know how to hold his knife like a gentleman, which is silly. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. it's like a silly comment. Like, OK, that's what matters to you. And then it's funny, too, because she makes another dig at her mom, even though like her mom just snapped at her. And um, oh, yeah. She's, yeah, this she's where I actually found out that she's American and I officially like, before I said it. Yeah, before. Yeah. And she's it, like. You're American. You don't understand these things, which is so funny. But like, it's funny. I was talking with Joseph, my husband. He was like, well, I mean, haven't they been married for a while? So she understands, you know, she maybe been married longer than Mary, how old Mary is. So Mm -hmm. yeah, so she doesn't want to marry, you know, Matthew. And she's like, absolutely not. And she's like, well, I forget what she said. She's she says something like, oh, yeah, has, uh, her grandmother, has Violet heard about this? And she's like, well, it was Violet's idea, <laughs> you know, and she like snaps back. She's, mm-hmm. she's shocked, which is kind of sad because then she sees, you know, I guess her mother and Violet, who is really like trying to figure things out for Mary that, that might not, there might not be an option. There might not be a lawyer who can take things on. And she just kind of has to face this option of marrying Matthew and having a position and kind of everything 
you know, that was supposed to go to her, at least go to her immediate family, her and her husband, but, or marry someone else and find a, a different life that there might not be the one that she thought there would be and which is sad mm-hmm. and rough. And then we go into dinner with the family again, Matthew and Isabel are there and they're all eating dinner and Mary's, she's trying to make it really clear to Matthew. that She's not interested. She makes so many digs at him and yeah. that's rough. But the to see. other sister likes him. Edith. Yeah. Yeah. She's interested in him. You see a little bit of that. Um, but she's like, Oh, she talks about riding horses and hunting and family like ours are always hunting families and how it's, mm-hmm. you know, and it shifts out again for like a small scene during dinner. And, um, Carson gets nervous when Mrs. Hughes mentions she was talking to Anna cause you know, Anna saw him mm-hmm. steal some produce. And so, he's, you know, kind of snapping at her. Um, but she's really just asking like, Oh, I was talking, you know, Anna and Mrs. Hughes were talking and she said Anna was saying that I guess uh, Thomas was bullying William and Carson's like oh yeah yeah I'll I'll, uh, I'll watch out for that one uh, which is just you see him getting nervous too it's like it adds you know through the the episode of little moments like okay something serious is probably going on and then um, it goes back to the dinner scene and Mary mentions that she she's like I was studying the story of Andromeda do you know it Um, She's saying this to Matthew and I actually found um, some information. She does describe the story there, but I was going to give a little more notes on that and some information that I found out about the story because I thought it was interesting and um, I didn't, I didn't know too much about it. uh, Greek mythology. I I know some, but (laughs) not a whole lot. Mm -hmm. So I found some information at uh, Greca or Greca.com and it's, I'll read some quotes here, which is like a little bit more background on Perseus and Andromeda and then the story itself Mm -hmm. um, kind of foretold. So the story of Perseus and Andromeda derives from Greek mythology and contains very deep wisdom on interactions of male and female energy. Perseus is one of the greatest heroes of Greek mythology. He was the son of mighty Zeus and mortal Dane or Dene. He is best known as the slayer of the Gorgon Medusa, a fearsome monster and, and as the rescuer of the Ethiopian princess Andromeda. So it gives a little more uh, information on Perseus background. Cause I didn't, I don't know that off the top of my head. I like, I know Hercules, you know, but, mm-hmm. and they're related too, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here's a little of the story, a little bit more in depth information on uh, Perseus and Andromeda's interaction. So as, as he was flying over Africa, Perseus, in his return home, he passed the kingdom of Ethiopia. He came upon the beautiful and helpless maiden Andromeda, chained to the rocks waiting to be devoured by a sea monster. The beautiful Andromeda was the daughter of the Ethiopian king Cepheus. The, the beautiful Andromeda was the daughter of the Ethiopian king Cepheus and queen Cassiopeia. One day, the vain queen had bragged that her daughter Andromeda was more beautiful than the Nereids, the sea nymphs. The sea nymphs felt angry to hear that and complained to Poseidon, the god of sea. A furious Poseidon unleashed the sea monster Cetus to frequently ravage the coast and devastate the land of Ethiopia in order to avenge the insult to his wards, the Nereids. The desperate king Cepheus appealed Zeus, who suggested the sacrifice of Andromeda as the only way to appease the wrathful Sidon. 
Thus, it was that our hero Perseus found himself face to face with the beautiful Andromeda chained helplessly onto the rock awaiting her doom. Perseus immediately fell in love with the lovely maiden and promptly killed Cetus, the beast, who had been licking his lips at the <laughs> prospect of having a delicious meal. Perseus took Andromeda to her father, Cepheus, and asked for her hand in marriage. So that is a little more information, um, I guess, on the background and <laughs> the story and what was going on there. I do not know how to pronounce all those Greek names, but I did my best. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So actually on our Instagram. Yeah. Thank you. On our Instagram um, for this episode, I'll post, there's a lot of paintings for this storyline of Andromeda and um, yeah, Andromeda and Perseus paintings. So we can post some of those up and some of the storyline there on our Instagram for this episode. Okay. Yeah, so that's some more information on that. Because they commented quite a bit through the episode. She says it so many times, calling him the sea monster. <laughs> and now she wants Perseus. And we find out mm-hmm. who Perseus is in her eyes a little later in, in the episode. So then we go downstairs. And William is on the piano playing some music. And Daisy and Thomas end up dancing in the grizzly bear dance. And I have some information on that, too. So bear with me a little more. So- yeah it was sweet I yeah that was so nice and she's I think she's like that was perfect at the end she's so happy that she was able Mm -hmm. to dance and you see I guess her interest you know beginning to form for Thomas so yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. that's probably Mm -hmm. not going to go in her favor but we'll see (laughs) yes Um, yeah so um, it's a little long-winded quotes here as well, but I found just on Wikipedia some information on the grizzly bear dance. The grizzly bear is an early 20th century dance style. It started in San Francisco along with the bunny hug and the Texas Tommy and was also done on the Staten. <laughs> I did not know those were dances, but cool. Um but was also done on the Staten Island ferry boats in the 1900s. It had been said that dancers John Jarrett and Louise Gruning introduced this dance as well as the turkey trot at Ray Jones Cafe in Chicago, Illinois around 1909. Okay, the grizzly bear, let me see. The grizzly bear was introdu- first introduced to Broadway audiences in the Zegfeld Follies of 1910 by Fanny Bryce, which is, I think, a play obviously it's a play it was a play on broadway mm-hmm. um but i think it was turned into a show no it was turned into a radio show later too i was reading on i i was able to click with the. i was like what is the zigfield follies so a play um mm-hmm. a little more information here the dance was rough and clumsy during the dance the dancer would yell out it's a bear the genuine grizzly bear step <laughs> was a correct imitation of the movements of a dancing bear moving or dancing to the side a very heavy step to the side with a decided bending of the upper part of the body from one side to the other a decidedly ungraceful and undignified movement when performed as a dance so there's a little information here too more of like what's going on in america with that dance um, at that time period so it was reported that one of the reasons former president woodrow wilson's inaugural ball was canceled was because of his disapproval of such modern dances as the turkey trot the grizzly bear and the bunny hug (laughs) Not long oh before, <laughs> not long before this, in 1912, New York placed the dance under a social ban, along with other huggly wiggly dances like the turkey trot huggly and the Boston dip. Yes, that's under quotes. <laughs> the huggly wig. How dare they in their huggly wiggly dances? 
Okay. All those huggly wiggly stuff. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there was some interesting stuff about the grizzly bear dance, which I enjoyed. I think the next major scene kind of bubbling up, but we finally get to figure out what's going on with with Carson. That Charles Griggs just kind of bust in the shock. Yeah. Yeah. I was shocked too. He busts in the room and or the door. He kind of like, I know you're not. What is it? I know you're not Char- Charlie Carson's the butler here, so don't pretend to be the butler. And like, kind of walks into the house like I'm just gonna go in whatever oh, room I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Bates greets him, and Bates handles it so well. Oh so well. Other than the fact that, like, okay, so in episode one, he comes in, he's completely disrespected. Everybody thinks he's this invalid, and now like Bates is upholding whatever honor like he I don't know if he picked up on something or he just like is so his professionalism really like shown and or shined I don't know but (laughs) it was really great because he was able to really quickly identify the situation or the potential situation and try to take Greg downstairs and make sure he wasn't making a scene and then when Robert came in and was like who's this dude yeah and it's so funny because then you get to hear he they were the cheerful Charlie's this comedy act yeah. you know <laughs> you wouldn't expect that yeah. of of Carson I love the way that Lord Grantham kind of takes over and handles it he's kind of thrown off at first but you know just him defending Carson was was pretty great and I actually looked it up I forget where but 20 pounds in 1912 is actually $2,343. And I, I was shocked. I was like, that's a lot of money to just throw and be like, okay, take this and get out. And I don't want to hear from you again, or I'm going to put you in jail. Dang. Yeah. That he Now 20 pounds gets you like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was shocked that, that he would. Half the restaurants that I like for 20 pounds. <laughs> yeah. That he would do that for Carson. I was so nice you know yeah quick to take care of that that. respect thing again I thought it I thought it was so interesting like because Carson was so embarrassed so embarrassed didn't understand that and I still kind of don't but again like Like he can't be human (laughs) right well but he was this entertainer and so it it puts again into perspective like the hierarchy of professions almost and that being in the service industry is seen as more manly or more professional or more sought after than being an entertainer versus now like if you're a freaking pop star you're you're a god yeah <laughs> so it's almost like and if you're a waiter there's an entertainment scum, in general which I'm not yeah. saying waiters are scum I'm saying like I was a waiter know, before. If, <laughs> I was a waitress for a while yeah but yeah. like but you know what I mean that it's so interesting how things have flopped since then that you know, people now actively seek to be in entertainment because 100%. they're held up so high versus Carson was incredibly embarrassed because he almost had to like sink down into entertainment to try to make a living. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was, he was ready to resign and he's not just that, but he yeah. brought up all his faults. He's he like, I stole. <laughs> yeah, he did resign. He's like, here's my resignation. You know, I stole, you know, and, and Anna saw me and I just, he, he was so felt so th- this was it for me my shame is here y'all saw it and yeah I'll be on my way <laughs> yeah and it's funny um Lord Grantham makes a comment too he's like when he's talking about his shame and I'll resign and he's like 
no need to be so melodramatic. You're not playing Sidney Carton, which is like so funny to me that he's like, that he thinks he's being dr- dramatic, you know? And it's like, no. Uh, he, he was just... being dramatic. <laughs> but he stole and like, you know, he, everything he didn't want to happen came right in that moment of, you know, yeah. kind of dishonoring Downton, I guess, with this random guy showing up and asking for money. And he was really humble about that. And he compares him to uh, Sidney Carton, which I had no idea what that who that was. Um, so I looked it up on uh, Wikipedia. Uh, Sidney Carton is a central character in Charles Dickens' 1859 novel, A Tale of Two Cities. He is a shrewd young mm-hmm. Englishman educated at Shrewsbury School and sometimes junior to his fellow barrister's driver. Carton is portrayed as a brilliant but depressed and cynical drunkard who is full of self-loathing because of what he sees as his wasted life. So <laughs> the self-loathing, I guess, and the um, dramatic and depressed. I don't the know. Melodramatic. Yeah, the melodramatics, I guess. Less dramatic. <laughs> oh, no, I don't Carson. think so. Yeah, that was... Freaking uh, making a scene and trying to say you're not making a scene, like, like yeah. high school prom he didn't ask me to prom and I didn't want him to ask me anyway but he still didn't so, yeah. come, on, come on but I like but how I'm glad it was that, resolved yeah yeah I mean again I keep coming back to just the respect that the family and the staff have for each other and that the humble Robert yeah, they care yeah he took care of it. He didn't want Carson to go. He's like, your resignation means nothing right now. Like, yeah, he's like, I don't here. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and he but says that Robert, yeah, he's impressed. Like, yeah, he really. Uh, yeah, he was impressed by it. And he's, he says to at the end, like one last, you know, way of consoling him. He's like, my fellow, we all have chapters. We'd rather keep unpublished. And I was like, oh, don't we all? <laughs> don't we all? That comment. And then. Um, Violet saying like why do you pretend that you're nicer than the rest of us yeah I feel like Robert did some stuff yeah yeah maybe a, a colored pet but I think that too there's a little bit that comes to light obviously he married Cora for his money her money so mm. that's what I'm saying yeah. Robert did. god I hope they tell us what he did maybe okay no. I think the next um, interesting scene is when Anna and Bates are kind of like flirting after that and talking about Carson and his character and stuff. And, and Anna's like, I shouldn't care what I find out about you, whatever it was, I wouldn't alter my opinion one bit. And he's like, uh, sure will, it will alter your opinion. And he's like, but it would, it certainly would. And maybe that's a little foreshadowing. I won't say anything. Ooh, but two, foreshadowing on two parts. Cause yes, I do think that Anna and Bates are going to get together. But also I mentioned that I think that, um, not Carson, that Robert brought Bates on as like a favor. Mm maybe they did something in the war that like is like top secret or that no one really knows about or they think is so awful and so they have camaraderie over that Mm. um and you're you're wondering what what of Bates past will come out right yes potentially Roberts yeah and from a romantic perspective I do think it's sweet that Anna's like nope I'm gonna get to know you for myself and how I view you and rumors are rumors and you know if I think that there's something worth checking in on that she's just going to ask them mm-hmm. like yeah it's really sweet. like I hope they get together but I still don't think it's going to be for long <laughs> yeah we'll see yeah and then after that we get to see finally the the hospital scene and the treatment and thank god it worked out and Violet calling she Violet called uh Isabel an amateur she's like I'm a 
she's like amateur she's a freaking nurse like what more was she supposed to be what is violet to make her comments like are you a medical professional like i understand she's the president but um, yeah well look violet so it's i love that isabel has some sort of like medical background i don't understand really how violet got into a position where she's running this hospital but how dare she talk to that man's wife and say he should be you know enjoying in a sense or just like him die in the last final hours, hours of yeah. his life not you know trying these new procedures and yeah. blah, blah, blah. and then the wife yeah. is like but I don't want them to be his last hours I want him to live and I'm like that that's true love being like yes, listen yeah. I don't want him to suffer over hours and then die like in again in a very romanticized sense like kill him now and end his suffering because I love him I don't want him to suffer or try to end the suffering so he can freaking live. Yeah. <laughs> like I thought that was so beautiful of the wife. Yeah, I was. It was. It was a little Grey's Anatomy too to to watch the procedure go out. Like I didn't, you know, expect the show yeah. would show that, but that, you know, thank God he lived. That was. Oh yeah. Good resolution and proving cool. too, and like it worked. Mm-hmm. And that it worked. Yeah. And that you know, I was actually still surprised too that Dr. Clarkson actually ended up taking, you know her opinion and trying out the procedure. Cause I'm sure part of it might've been a little bit his, of his ego too. Like, Oh, can I actually perform this? I've oh, never done yeah. this before, <laughs> you know, and his nerves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the treatment, it's funny. Cause they, they end up talking Dr. Clarkson, Matthew and Robert, they're talking at Downton and now they want to make Isabel the chairman of the board. And she's like, and you know, Robert makes this comment. He's, he wants to balance the powers a little bit. <laughs> between him you know violet um so i think that's that's funny that they they discuss yeah. that and and want to add her on which is awesome to have a, a woman um as chairman of the board which i think makes a little more sense with her medical background than violet but now there's i'm pausing because my internet is unstable okay hear me did you have any other comments though about the making her the chairwoman so yeah so they bring her in as the chairman of the board they bring in isabel and that was so interesting to me in the sense that, you know, we're still seeing a lot of that old way of thinking and that men are the real powerful people in society. And now not only do they have a female chairman of the board, but Violet is the president of the hospital. So they have two women running the hospital. And I just thought that was fascinating. I mean, I think the, the ways that this show is tackling societal progression is so awesome and yeah. I love seeing that um because nowadays they'd be like if someone's gonna be bitchy they're gonna be like oh well she's probably on her period maybe they're both on their period <laughs> yeah yikes yeah it's I love that to to see that you know and that her opinion matters Isabel's opinion um getting taken seriously to the yeah. point where they're gonna add her to the chairman you know she's the chairman of the board and yeah, I'm I'm glad how that resolved that, you know, the treatment worked and then she has, you know, a position in the hospital that, you know, that's what she wanted. That's what she was looking for at the beginning of the episode is how mm-hmm. am I going to fit in? How do I, how can I keep working and help and be a part of this community that I now have to be a part of? Can I do it in a way that, you know, I have a background in nursing. Can I do it this way? So I, mm-hmm. I was really grateful for that. And it was a good resolution, I, I think, to the episode to see that. And then we also got to see Matthew being a, a little more accepting, I guess, of his his new life, you know, of 
having Mm -hmm. mostly there and, and, you know, asking for his opinion. It's nice. It's, I'm glad the other things were resolved between them as well. Yeah. Well, because Robert basically telling Matthew, like, this is their job because Matthew wants to let Molesley go. Yeah. Robert's saying, this is their livelihood. If you're going to run this estate, basically, you need to respect that and kind of put Matthew in his place. Yeah. If you're going to be, yeah. If you're going to be part of this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're gonna be part of this, you're gonna be part of this, and this is part of it. <laughs> yeah, you gotta let people um, play their parts and have their um, jobs. You know, just he's like he said that too. He's like, oh, you see, Isabel's getting enjoyment and fulfillment out of being a nurse. So are yeah. they. Do not belittle his yeah. position. They get just as much fulfillment um, in this career right. field that you might not see that, but you should accept that. You yeah. can't just fire everyone. <laughs> and we see Matthew opens up and becomes more accepting of that help and. It's really nice. So yeah, I thought that is. was a nice one. I wonder if, I don't know for sure, Matthew does go obvious. I'm feeling that Molesley is going to become a confidant and some sort of guide for, for Matthew in that journey with him. Potentially, yeah. So who I do like you? I know, predictions <laughs> as you go. Yeah. Predictions <laughs> as I go. Yeah. Um, so who did you identify with most in this episode? probably Matthew or not probably Matthew I mean I said at the beginning I wrote the note that Matthew Crowley is my hero because yeah. you know a hundred ish years difference in time of when this is taking place and now I get like why do I have people to do this I can do it myself and then in the same breath I say oh it'd be nice to have someone come <laughs> clean my house every week yeah <laughs> but, but yeah but to have so many people working for you seems kind of insane um but also like, you know, I didn't work for a while because we were living overseas. And when we came back to the, to the States, um, I got a job because like, I was a stay at home wife for a little bit and I got pregnant and, um, but never was a stay at home mom yet. That might be in the mm-hmm. future, who knows, but, but his desire to work and Isabel's desire to work. And so yeah. they're just work ethic um and that they they have that ownership over their own livelihood and it brings them fulfillment yeah a lot Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's i really like matthew i also like his quips at mary i know (laughs) i know anyone to go to go head to head with mary i'm sure you'll like Mm -hmm. well besides edith i guess you don't necessarily like her i mean edith just seems annoying so far (laughs) and desperate yeah i think Um, my did you identify with I, I liked, I don't know. I, I go between Isabel and Lord Grantham. So mm-hmm. Isabel, because she was trying to find her way, you know, in this new world and she held her own through the whole thing, which is admirable because that's a lot going into a big family like that. Um, and trying to create your own position and going head to head with the doctor. And, you know, she was very firm in in what she believed in, in, in her career field as well. And then Lord Grantham, I, maybe him a little bit more. Cause like we were saying, he, that kindness, he, he showed to Carson that amount of money. He just kind of like gave away, you know, um, to protect the people that work for him. And I think there, there's a, a couple of things too, that you see, I think his back and forth with his mother were pretty funny um, and relatable. And then his love for Downton, you know, the way he talks about it and it's his pride and joy, you know, that he loves running the state and the people there. And um, so I, both of them, I think, definitely are my favorites. Any other predictions before we close out? Okay, so 
let me cover them. So I think that Matthew and Mary are going to get together. I think that this whole, like, they're going to have some angsty, like, kissing scene coming up soon. And <laughs> very Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy from Pride and Prejudice is mm. the, the sense I'm getting. Um, between Mary and to, Matthew? Between Mary and Matthew, yeah. Yeah. And then Bates and Anna, a lot of my predictions are about like who gets together. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Bates and Anna, I think are going to kindle some sort of thing. And then maybe that might drive Gwen away because she's the one who brought up like, how are we supposed to date? And Anna has found some romance in the workplace. Uh, Daisy being, you know, now kind of interested in Thomas. I don't see that ending up well. So I have a feeling that Daisy is maybe going to uh, learn something about Thomas she doesn't like and that's going to cause a lot of dissonance in the house or maybe doesn't like uh, but doesn't you know it's not gonna make her happy because yeah. it might not end up together with yeah. right 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 I think that like I said um something that Robert and Bates potentially did together mm-hmm. or maybe something that Robert did that Bates knows about will eventually surface from the wartime and that's why he's being given this position in the home on the staff when he's not really qualified to be a valet. And then I see a lot of butting heads with Isabel and Violet when it comes over how the hospital is run and not just the hospital, but also because Violet still thinks I think that she runs Downton (laughs) and Isabel is Matthew's mother and he's supposedly going to inherit. And so she has her own ideas of how Downton will be run. Um, So I think we'll, we'll see a lot of of fighting between those two going head to head oh yeah Mm -hmm. I think that was it I don't know that I have I need to write them down your predictions yeah as you go through yeah Yeah. so I like some of the big ones yeah I enjoyed this episode it was another really good one packed with a lot I I love the forward progression females at at the head (laughs) um making their way and Mm -hmm. uh, yeah it was a really good episode so yeah, maybe that's foreshadowing for it does end up that Mary does get to take Downton in her own name and right without getting married. Maybe. Think. Yeah, well, awesome. Let's close it out. Okay. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Project Rewatch Downton Abbey Edition. You can email us suggestions, questions, or interesting stories related to the show at projectrewatchpod at gmail.com. That's projectrewatchpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Project Rewatch. Thanks for listening and talk to you next week.